You are listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, the life coach for busy dentists. This podcast explores how to feel better in all aspects of our lives so that we can be our best leaders. If you have been feeling stressed about being the owner of your practice and you want to change what you are getting at work and in your personal life, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. Today, we are putting out another bonus episode, which is an interview with a dentist that I know you're going to find so fascinating. Uh, Today, we interviewed Dr. Noemi Cruz Orcat, who a few years ago had a really good story. I I don't know if I should tell you or not. Basically, she lost her practice to a fire. And um, spoiler alert, she's back up and running. But um, she has such a good story and she had so much strength and bravery and um, just I feel like her story is such a good example for us to be looking at right now as all of us are simultaneously out of work. (laughs) So don't miss this story. It's so good. It's so wonderful to hear from somebody who has been through it before and she gives us some advice near the end. You're not going to want to miss her advice because I I took notes. I definitely want to take her advice myself. So enjoy this and we will see you at the end of the show. I just want to welcome to my podcast, Dr. Noemi Cruz Orca, who practices in Mason City, Iowa. Noemi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I think I just, we were just talking on Instagram earlier today because you had responded to something that I had put on there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this doctor has a story to tell. And I think maybe we should have her on the podcast because you have a story that I think is going to inspire a lot of people. So I'm just going to kind of let you take the stage now and tell your story. Well, thank you, Laura. Um, it's pretty, it has been actually about a year, three months. That uh, was 2018, uh, New Year's Eve. December 31st, that I had gone to the office that, uh, with my one of my assistants. We weren't seeing patients that day, and things were strange. Uh, the alarm system wasn't working, and uh, my, in my office, my computer was shut down, and lights were flickering. So we, we checked to make sure that the brakes were on, uh, the electrical brakes, and what, what's going on, why the computer shut down in that area lights were flickering, so everything seemed fine with the electrical breakage um, area. But then it was New Year's Eve, so that I remember calling uh, the alarm system, and I'm like, well, there's no signal to the alarm system, what's going on? Uh, they, their response was, well, it's New Year's Eve with the holidays, we, can, we don't have anyone that could go in right now. I also called the electrical company, and they had been in a month before because we had uh, some lights that were flickering and uh, they told me it was the wind at that point. So it was about a month before. Mm-hmm. And, um, so my assistant was there too. And we called and they're like, well, they're tied up. It's uh, New Year's Eve. We'll probably have to wait until Wednesday. That would be uh, January 2nd. And I remember calling them back. And, and my main concern that day was, well, if I come back on Wednesday after being on the holidays 
and I don't have a computer and a scanner and printer, what's going to happen? That was my main concern. So then I called them back and I said, should I unplug everything that is turning on and off in this uh, in the office? So when I come on Wednesday, at least I don't have them fried up. So uh, they said, yeah, go ahead and do that. So I remember leaving the office at, at noon and my assistant left shortly after. That night we were having uh, a New Year's Eve party at our house. So it was at 6.30, we were having people over and um, kids were, were gonna be around too. So at 6.20, I'm getting ready and I get a call and uh, they confirm my name. And mm -hmm. it was a similar call to the calls when I used to get, oh, your alarm system is active now. Is, uh, is anyone in the office? So I was like, oh, what an inconvenience. They're calling me because the alarm system is going off. Mm -hmm. But then actually her response was, your building is on fire. Just <gasps> <laughs> and I remember the shock. And my husband came in to the uh, bathroom. It's like, everything okay? I'm like, well, the building is on fire. I need to go there right now. So I remember driving. It's only about three minutes from my house. So I said, in 10 minutes, people were going to be coming over. So I said, we'll have the party. Uh, I'll be back. I don't know when I'll be back, but people are on their way. You know, there's not much we can do. So as I'm driving over to the office, I get another call and they ask me, are you on your way to the office? And I'm like, is this a prank? You know, I was like, is someone right. calling me back? Just like, oh, it's a, it's a joke. Don't worry. Like, no, I, yes, I'm on my way. So actually, as I get, I'm on my way, the street is closed, everything. And you see the firefighters, the the police, uh, the everyone trying to put the fire down. The, the unfortunate part is that the alarm system was not working. So mm -hmm. they did not know th that it was going on until people were driving by and seeing the flames coming out of the windows. So, wow. So that's how uh, I ended 2019. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah. So did you um, tell me about the extent of the damage? So pretty much um, it was concentrated in, the, in one of the hygiene rooms and then also in the sterilization area, but the smoke damage was everywhere. Everything, that, the heat was so strong, everything that was plastic melted even if it didn't get burnt. So then, um, so every, the TV was completely melted. Everything was, um, and I remember I, I was in the parking lot and my main, the, my first thought was the team. I, what am I gonna do? You know, we don't have a place to work. And I did not wanna call them that night because it was New Year's Eve. I was like, well, they're with their families. I don't wanna bother, I'll wait. But then obviously they heard about it and they started calling me. So then I felt comfortable telling them what's going on. And I, you know, just the first thing I remember telling them was like, I don't know how, but I'll be taking care of you. You know, and then worried about my patients. Uh, one of the firefighters that was there, he was a patient of mine. And uh, he asked, is my crown okay? I'm like, I don't think it's in the building because it was still in the lab. <laughs> it was like in the process of getting the crown. And he was, he was one of those that was, but I spent two hours in the parking lot just staring at, at the fire. It took about an hour for them to put it down. And um, 
you know, I was in shock. I, I, you don't know, it's dark, you know, that's all you're seeing. And um, they asked me if I wanted to go in and, and see the damage. And I said, I have seen enough, I'll wait until tomorrow. You know? But they said, they told me to prepare that everything is a total, is a total loss. So the first things that came to mind, you know, when you're in shock, you, you don't grasp what's going on really. But I, I thought about my team, I thought about my patient, and then I was like, this is going to be a lot of work, you know, it's like, <laughs> then it starts sinking in, okay, everything that's going to happen. And then I came home and I had told my husband, just have everyone still at home because when I want to go home, I want to have people around to be, you know, to be able to celebrate you know not so much celebrate but just have some support yeah and that night uh going to bed you know after midnight going to bed uh it started daunting on me about diplomas uh things that are you know you have an emotional attachment that you might not you might get a copy but it just you might not see the original and mm -hmm. the next day going in even though everything was melted and um and smoke damage the frames of the diplomas and awards were completely melted but the paper was intact and i mean it was just one of those things that it's amazing how a fire can burn so much and destroy so much but there's certain things that are untouched so that was that is amazing yeah it was interesting you know i have to make a comment because you told me that when you found out the building was on fire, one of the first things that you thought about was your team and how you were going to talk to them. And I have to say that going through this, you know, this virus pandemic that we're going through right now, I had a really similar thought. I was like, I can't close. I, my, I have people who work for me and they have jobs. And yeah. it's interesting how our mind as, especially I think female owners, we go to that what's going to happen with our team when there's a catastrophe it's like you're like a mom yeah i feel like a mom like a mother bear of my employees and uh that that was my you know i to be honest and i don't say this to to make myself look good but i didn't really think about myself on those that at that first i didn't really think how it's just gonna affect myself it's like you're like okay i have a lot of people to take care of Yes. And then how am I going to do that? It's going to be a lot of work. And how do I make sure they're okay? Thank goodness. I didn't really know that right away, but I had business interruption insurance mm. and I didn't know that right away to communicate with them. But once I found out the next day after talking to the insurance agent, it was a big relief because I you know, and right now what we're going through, we don't doesn't really apply. No, it doesn't. So that's the difference, you know, with the fire, at least I had that. Now we have other aids that we're trying to get, but it's yeah. not as um, straightforward or guaranteed. So one of the reasons that I wanted you to come on here today is because I want to hear about sort of like your emotional journey from when you were, you went from the shock to the acceptance of the fact that your practice was closed. And how did you get back to getting open? So you can tell me the story, you can tell me what you were feeling, just keep on talking, you're doing great. So yeah, so the, yeah, you have the shock and then it just becomes reality. Mm -hmm. it, uh, starting, you know, the next day was just, 
overwhelming in terms of like even that night when the police told me, well, we put some covers on the window, like plastic covers, but someone can get in. And I said, well, uh, if you said everything is completely destroyed, why, why do I worry about? It? And he's like, no, someone can get in and hurt themselves and then sue you. I'm like, okay. So on top of it, I have to worry about. It. So then the first thing, you know, the next day was trying to find a contractor, get that uh, the windows boarded, contact mm -hmm. insurance contact IT because one thing that happens is like thank goodness I had the cloud like everything mm -hmm. was backed up in the cloud mm -hmm. but there was no computers everything was there's no phones that we could call patients there's no computer so then uh, I had light lighthouse 360 which I still do so I was able to log in from my house and send messages for the patients on Wednesday and Thursday right away Mm -hmm. so that was a, that was great and then also um contact my it company and they they it took them two days to put all the information from the cloud in a uh, remote server that then eventually we can access then uh trying to find a cell phone that they would hook the the phone from the office to answer calls so it was busy it was contacting meeting with the insurance agent uh, insurance adjuster and uh also then on the wednesday meeting with the team and what are we going to do because what so then that's when it started we met and uh one of the hygienists actually mentioned there is a building next a block away from our office that is for lease and it used to be a pediatric medical clinic so then that same day we contacted the realtor and he walked us through and my first impression was like no this is not going to work out but you know um, because the rooms are set up differently and all of that but then that night my um my uh sales representative dental sales from henry mm -hmm. shine brett dre he had actually i had talked to him the night before so he contacted me and he said this company in Indianola, their name is Downing Construction, heard about your fire and they want to help. So then, yes, so then, then that was Wednesday, the fire happened um, Tuesday night, uh, Monday night. Mm -hmm. So then Wednesday, so then they said they're willing to come and come up tomorrow, tomorrow, that will be Thursday. So Thursday we went over the, the potential building that and, and then we also had their Henry shine for the equipment and see if it would work. They said, we can make this work. So then that, uh, then it was finalized in Elise and uh, in seven weeks, they had that building ready for me to go in. Uh, Henry shine and Midmark had lended me equipment mm -hmm. used for uh, knowing that I would be buying new equipment from them. So in a seven week turnaround, it was a pretty functional clinic and i had one room for myself and then two hygiene rooms so it was i was limited of what i could do because i only had one room for treatment but at least would keep us going in that in the meantime with the set in the within the seven weeks uh one of the orthodontists he works in town two days a week so the other two days he let us go in to seat crowns to proceed with dentures um um steps with uh to do emergencies so it was very helpful to have um that space to see some patients but all hygiene was postponed similar to what we're doing right now and maybe that's why i'm not so worried because mm. it will work out somehow um uh, emotionally 
what helped me the most was that it was amazing. I was in that office in the morning and that night the office was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So then realizing in a split second, you can lose so much. But then it clicked to me what I did not lose. I did not lose an employee. I did not lose a patient. No one got hurt. So instead of what helped me, it's like instead of focusing on everything that was lost, I focused on everything that didn't get lost. And it was just automatic gratitude. Like, thank goodness I have my family. I have my home that I can go to. My employees are safe. My patients are safe. And we're healthy to proceed. And um, having that mentality was, was honestly what got me through. And the community was so helpful. The dental community was very uh, supportive. They saw my emergencies when I didn't have anywhere to see them. Uh, they offer space. They, it, it was just having that. And then the, the, team was very supportive as well and to be honest we became family going through it because you just and once you have you know once once something like that happens the little things that used to bug my mind Mm -hmm. went away because I'm like okay everything burnt and we're still here and we're going to continue so the little things that were annoyances disappeared and to be honest, this sounds weird, but I almost, I became a happier person after going through that because you're dealing with a bigger problem than the little buggers that are, can be in your mind constantly. So that's so interesting because you just said after your fire, the fire took away your office, you became happier. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And it, it, it sounds impossible, but I think, you know, sometimes in general, not just at work, but in, in life, we can focus on little, things can be going well. Mm-hmm. And I think our mind always finds something that, okay, this is not good enough. We can make it better. And it, in, when it's not a real problem, it's almost like worse because you're creating it. But then when it's something that is out of your control, but you have to work to make it better. Your mind is occupied. You know, you, it, it's like, okay, the little things are not bogging me anymore. You know, it's so weird that you would bring that up because I was just listening to a book yesterday. It's called The Big Leap. I wish I could remember the author, but I'll put it in the show notes. Sure. And he was talking about how our human minds are wired to keep us within a certain amount of happiness. So if we're getting too happy, then the brain's going to find a way to figure out how to keep us lower. When you make the big leap is when you accept the fact that you can be happier and you learn how to get past it, um, which I think is mostly awareness. I haven't fixed or finished the book yet, but what you found out when the the practice burned down was basically an opportunity in contrast where you said, all those little things were not worth what I was making them because now I can see it can all go in an instant. It, you know, and also I remember, well, I grew up in Puerto Rico and we had hurricanes. Right. When I was in high school, um, there was, after Hurricane George, we were three months without power. Mm. And we were, it, we had a generator, but then at 8 p.m. you have to turn it off because 
uh, you have to go to sleep and the fumes and all that stuff. Yeah. And what I remember of that situation, I, you know, now I'm like, well, that was crazy. But you remember being with family and if you're safe and if you have love, you, you're fine once you start, when you're not on, not safe anymore and then you have other troubles. Yeah, I can see, you know, it affects the happiness. But once you have that uh, sense of security and 2017 was the hurricane that, you know, Puerto Rico, my parents were without power for uh, nine months. So they did that. And then I had the fire after that happened. It's like, they never complained. So I'm like, well, I cannot really complain because I still have a house to go to and I have power, I have water, you know, right. you know your needs. So uh, putting things in perspective. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. And speaking of perspective, because you've lost your ability to practice once, now we have this new problem and it's a little different than it was before, but like, what are you taking from what you learned before and applying it now? So I think that uh, when we found out about having to close the office, it wasn't as big of a deal as it would have been if we didn't, wouldn't have gone through the fire because almost mm-hmm. felt like we have done it once, we have been fine, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be fine. So it was amazing that Monday was the 16th that they were like, okay, we're on the 17th, we're, we're going to not see uh, non-elective um, treatment, uh, not urgent treatment. So the staff was like, okay, they started calling patients, like, like it was not a big deal because they have gone through it and they, they knew we can do it. And we would be in, after coming, after going through the fire, we came back stronger. You know, we had, we had a facility that we love. Patients were very loyal and, um, and we have had new patients coming in after that happened. So, so we, our main thing was like, okay, we need to be safe. We need to, this is not safe for us to be here and see patients. So let's do what needs to be done. And definitely I know that the, because going through the fire, it helped us. And the staff, uh, uh, Shannon, one of the receptionists said, well, at least we have a, a desk and, and, a, and a computer and phone that we can make phone calls from or we didn't have any we was just like trying to to find a place to meet so so that uh that mindset and again is is having that mindset that okay let's focus on what we have that is good we're healthy we have a facility that we can call patients uh nothing bad has happened to us other than yeah we're losing revenue uh, staff uh, the team is not having work but we're not the only office going through it yeah it's, it's a um it's the whole world that is experiencing the same so you have all these owners of dental practices that are, that are listening to this podcast and they're all going through this similar thing where they're forced to be closed even though they don't want to be and I'm just curious, like, what advice would you give them right now to help them through this time? I would say uh, trust that even though right now it doesn't seem hopeful that we're going to be opening anytime soon, or there's a lot of concerns in our mind of how are we going to come back, trust that it's going to be 
fine. And that's what I, I'm telling myself. There's something when things like this happen, there's always a silver lining that comes after this. Mm -hmm. And uh, taking, making that, taking this opportunity to think of, like we talked earlier, Laura, like what, uh, instead of what I don't want out of the situation, what do I want out of this situation? Um, uh, thinking, um, how can I create my best practice yet, my best team culture? What can I provide for my patients that I wasn't providing? Now is the time to uh, make a list of these things that I, you want to learn about. And, um, and one thing that my mom has always told me is like, instead of thinking about what you don't want in your life, which is that fear, Mm -hmm. Think about, you know, if you can think about what you don't want, you can think about what you want in life and we can create it. You know, we can, with our mind is so powerful that many times we see what we don't want to see because that's what we're focusing on. Mm -hmm. So then what do we want to see out of this situation? And it's not easy because I know, uh, you know, it's stressful not having the, um, the ability to take care of patients of bring revenue to take care of your employees and uh but trusting that think things are out of our control and what can we control in this situation we cannot control when necessarily we go back but we can control how we can come back mm -hmm. to it i've been taking a similar stance what i've been saying is i can't there's things that i can't control but here I am and what I can control is how I'm going to show up now. So if I look at myself a year from now and I go, what did I do during the COVID-19 um, crisis? I can say, I did this, this, and this, and I wrote it down and figured out how I want to be. And it's like you said, you, instead of focusing on what you don't want or focusing on what you're afraid of, you can think, what do you want to create? Like your mom taught you that's so cool she did that and she's been through all these trials mm -hmm. and she's raised you an amazing person so there's reasons to trust her you know and you know the mind is pretty powerful in terms mm -hmm. of what what we can create and i try to uh with my seven-year-old he's you know he tends to go to sleep and uh, when he's going to bed he's like oh i'm afraid of this or nightmares or things it, and I try to give them the same uh, advice. I'm like, well, what was a great, what, what is something that you like? What was great today? What is something that you want to do? And then just mm -hmm. let's change our minds because, um, you know, we can apply it to everything, not just this situation. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Any other words of advice for these people, these dentists listening to your story? No, I think oh, another thing that helped me through the fire and I'm trying to do now as well, not as much because, but it's keeping like a journal or mm -hmm. a list of things of what, where are you at? Where do you want to be? What are you doing? You know, if you're taking CE or uh, just uh, write things down that you want to apply so then you don't forget. Uh, in my case with the fire, I had to keep track of everything for insurance purposes, for for mm -hmm. all document, documentation, but I think it applies to now as well because we'll look back at this as a journey that we went through and we may not experience this again, you know, you might hopefully don't experience this again, but what did we do with this time? And when we look back, it's like, what do you enjoy from this time? Spending more time with mm -hmm. family, uh, with your kids. I, I joke that I don't think I'll have this much 
free time at home until I retired. Because if I take time off, it's going to be usually travel or yeah. going um, back home. Or going back home. And so then I, I think writing down the journey is would be helpful. Yeah. I think that's really smart because left unchecked, our brain is going to do what it's designed to, which is pr to protect the organism, which means it needs to be constantly on alert of what it needs to worry about, you know, and that doesn't feel very good. So if instead we redirect our brain towards the things that it's powerful, so it can totally do more if you ask it to, then we're creating something that's more intentional and not just living in a, a worry loop that leaves us kind of um, uh, frozen in action. You know, we can't do very much when you're feeling frozen. But if you're, I, oh, I have this dream of what I want my practice to be like, or well, how I want to spend these three months or whatever, then you have something that you can redirect your mind to. So I think that's great advice. And I think another advice would be keeping in touch with your team. No, even if it's not, you don't have to have meetings or uh, or formality, but send them a text or something funny, or or just be in touch with them that they they still feel connected. Because mm -hmm. they, if we're going through a lot of uh, concerns, they also have a lot of concerns. Known mm -hmm. uh, as leaders, where we have more control, but they have less control. So just making sure that they know we're thinking of them. The same with the patients, you know, um, uh, I have called some patients that I know are in the middle of some treatment, just reassuring them that things are going to be okay, how you're doing, but just uh, keeping in touch with them. So that that's helpful. And that I guarantee that the team is going to come closer together after going through something like this. That's really true. I didn't even think about that, but this is a unifying thing that we're going through. That's great. Well, I just want to thank you once again for coming on here. I just know your story is going to be so inspiring for so many people. So I really appreciate you taking the time and, and also opening up and sharing those things with us. I thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be able to share it. Yeah, that's amazing that you can feel that now, you know? that you can sit there and be grateful for what happened. Amazing. All right, thank you very much, Naomi. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. To download my free workbook on how better leadership starts with your feelings, go to my website, thelifecoachforbusydentist.com and click on Get Free Help.